Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Revelation 14. It is not easy to live a pure life in a world that is filled with impurity. But today in our reading, we're going to see two things, two thoughts that should help us Uh, because just because it's hard doesn't mean it is impossible for someone who knows Christ to live a pure life in an impure world. And today we're going to see two thoughts that should help us if we are redeemed people of God to live lives of purity in a world that is filled with immorality. And those two thoughts really are going to be devotion to the Lamb and a knowledge that judgment is coming. So a devotion to the Lamb and a knowledge that uh, judgment is coming will be powerful motivators for us to live pure lives in an impure world. Now let's get into the text to see, uh, to help me explain why I think we should see those things from Revelation 14. Some of which we're again applying our reverse tan method. We're understanding what is going on here, and we're going to talk more about these 144,000 who we've already seen in the book of Revelation, and I think that's talking about a specific group in this future time. But we're going to see some things that are true about them then that should help us now. So it says in verse one, then I looked and behold, on Mount Zion stood the lamb and with him, 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. So let's just remember back to chapter 13 with the mark of the beast. In many ways, this is a opposite counterpart to that. Instead of all these people that are following the beast and worshiping him for their own well-being and benefit in the world, you have these people who instead of the beast's number or mark on their forehead, they have this seal uh, that is his name, the lamb's name, and his father's name written on their foreheads. And there's this sound, this voice, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. And there's a voice that was heard that was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps and they're singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. So this is a special thing, a new song, an exclusive song for this group. But then it describes the 144,000. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as firstfruits for God and the Lamb. And in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless." So here you see these people and they are devoted to the lamb. They follow the lamb wherever he goes. And aspects of that are these are sexually pure people. Also, we see that these people are pure in what they speak. They do not speak lies uh, because they are blameless. 
And while I think this is talking about a specific group of people, do we not see those principles throughout the Bible that that's how we should be as Christians, that we should be sexually pure people, that we should be people of truth, that we are to put away lying from our lives because we are followers of the Lamb. We are people that follow the Lamb wherever He goes because there's a devotion to the Lamb. We've already seen this Lamb. He was slain for our sins. He is worthy. He is the one who breaks the seal. We worship Him. And so that is one powerful motivator for us to live lives of purity in an impure world because we're not following the ways of the world. We are following the Lamb. We are not offering ourselves up to the worthless idols of the world that cannot fulfill, that cannot deliver on what they promise. We are offering ourselves up to the Lamb who offered Himself up for us. So we've got to keep the lamb in focus. He needs to be at the center of our lives. And if you're fighting for purity in an impure world, you need to focus more on the lamb. You need to focus more on Christ. It is really going to be required more than just saying no to sin, although the Bible speaks strongly about self-control. One of the things that's going to empower us to say no is not just, well, no, 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 because that's not good. No, there is clearly, even the Bible says, that there is some sense of an allure to sexual sin. It delivers momentary pleasure, but we have an interest in something greater. We have a, a greater passion than the momentary passions of pleasure. We have a passion for the Lamb and to be in His presence and to be His people. And that is what we want to pursue. And then we get into these three angels. And the, the first angel, it says with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made the heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Now, um, as we think about that, one thing there is we should worship God. He is the creator, not idols. But we start to now see that second thing, that there is judgment that is coming. We need to fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. And that is what's going to then dominate the rest of the chapter. And frankly, that is what's going to dominate uh, the next several chapters. The next several chapters will help us understand this final judgment that is brought in this time of revelation and of tribulation. That's what we are going to start seeing. And we see more of that in this second angel that says, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. So even there, what's what's Babylon the great? Keep reading. And it says, well, whatever it is, she who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. I, I think the best explanation of Babylon the Great that I have heard is really connected to the beast that this Babylon the Great represents this kingdom 
of the Antichrist and describes it as one of sexual immorality. Now, will this kingdom be centered on a real, actual city of perhaps even Babylon in the Middle East rebuilt? I think it's possible. I don't think it's necessarily uh, necessary uh, to to have that for this to be true of Babylon the Great. Uh, but what we do see so clearly is what is Babylon the Great known for? Uh, well, all the nations drinking the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. So we're, we're seeing another contrast. We've got these people following the Lamb, living lives of purity, but then we've got judgment coming on the world that is filled with sexual immorality. And even I'm not making this up that this should be part of our motive for living lives of purity. If you think of Colossians chapter 3, it says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. The wrath of God is coming because of things like sexual immorality covetousness, and idolatry. And we see in the rest of the chapter that judgment that comes. Then third angel then says, if anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath. And then it goes on in very vivid detail to describe the wrath of God that will come for those that go with the way of the world. And then we see a statement that's very similar to one that we saw in chapter 13. Verse 12 of Revelation 14 says, Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Christ. So God is also highlighting for us this application, this this call, this talking about those who follow the Lamb, this warning about the judgment that is coming. It's a call for the endurance of the saints. And it mentions faith again, but also mentions those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Christ. We want to remain faithful to him because we're devoted to the lamb and we know that judgment is coming. Next, there's a statement of write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the spirit that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. So here's a special blessing for a certain group of people who die in the Lord. But then it shifts to talk about this harvest. And sometimes we think, oh man, I want to be a part of the harvest for Christ. I want to see a harvest for Christ in our community. Well, that is biblical language that Jesus uses. Here though, we see another way that harvest language is used. And here, I think it's pretty clear that it's speaking about a harvest of judgment. And this harvest will be bloody. The grapes are ripe. It says there in verse 18. And so he takes the the grape part, they gather the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great wine press of the wrath of God. And the wine press was trodden outside the city and blood flowed from the wine press as high as a horse's bridle for 1,600 stadia. So that's a pretty broad area and a lot of blood being described here. But as we put all of this together, I think we clearly see Revelation 14 should encourage us. I want to live a life of purity, free from sexual immorality, free from dishonesty and powerful motivations that will help me do that. One is I'm devoted to the lamb. The, The lamb is worthy. The lamb was slain for my sins. 
I'm following him. I'm devoted to him no matter what that costs me. And this thought that, hey, I don't want to give into these sins because that's why God's wrath is coming. I hope those thoughts will empower us today to follow the Lamb and to live pure lives in an impure world. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.